Hey guys, what is up? <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me on the podcast today. This is Craig Hostetler. Welcome to the Black Sheep Experience. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you for um, yeah having me in your brain, right? Um, whether it is in the car or through headphones, maybe a computer at work, whatever, man. Thanks. For having me around. Okay, so here's what's up. Uh, last week, I began, I guess, a series of podcasts on metaphysics, right? And metaphysical practices and how they are found historically um, within the context of Christianity, how they can be integrated with and married to the Christian experience. And... Um, you know, I, I did a podcast on Christian metaphysics, episode number 25, with a lady by the name of Katie Valentine. And it was more of like a broad brush, right, idea of Christian metaphysics. But what this series of podcasts is designed to do is to really hone in on a specific practice and um, and have a conversation about that. For instance, last week, um, we begin with astrology. I had a guy on by the name of Bill Duvendack, and we discussed about how astrology was found in Scripture, found in that culture, used in that culture, and then uh, Bill went into how you can uh, integrate it into your own life and really give us ideas on how to begin our own personal practice uh, uh, should we so choose, right? And so the podcast did exactly what I am hoping the next several will do, which is um, introduce you to the subject, give you a foundation for its existence within Christianity, how you can integrate it into your own life, and then a few ideas about how to dive into your own personal practice. And so I think this is going to be really cool. I'm really kind of into this right now. So last week was astrology. If you haven't heard that, go check that out. Um, that's a great one. And this week the conversation shifts, and my guest today is a guy you'll probably know him best by the name True Seeker. He is, uh, he's got a great podcast, and a Christian guy, does a ton of metaphysical practices, and discusses them regularly um, on his podcast. And, and he has a lot of guests uh, that discuss these ideas as well. And so today's conversation, I think, is going to be a very good one. And uh, if you'd like to know more about this guy while we're on the subject, the best way to do that He's got an incredible website with just a ton of information, and that's at truthseeka.com. So that's T-R-U-T-H-S-E-E-K-A-H.com. So yeah, go check that out. And uh, yeah, so this is kind of the second, I guess, episode in this small segment of episodes on metaphysical practices. Now, before we jump into that, let me quickly say... Um, 
to those of you that are sharing this podcast on your social media platforms, thank you so much. I really I can't thank you enough. The way that I expand my audience isn't through advertising or any of those kinds of things. I don't do that. It is through you letting others know that the podcast exists, whether it's just guiding them um, to iTunes or whether it's actually posting the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, it is an incredibly great um, assistance And so I I really appreciate you doing that. Okay? All right. So continue. Keep doing that stuff. All right. So that's it, man. Let's jump into this conversation with Truth Seeker. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Black Sheep Experience. And uh, thanks for joining me today. So I have, um, man, I have this guy that I I had on before and uh, just loved what he had to say. And uh, listen to his podcast, and he's just got a lot of wisdom and insight, so I'm bringing him back, and welcome to the program, True Seeker. Hey, brother. Thanks for having me. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Nice. Doing good. Nice. So, yeah, man. So, the the last time I talked to you, I, um, you know, I was still kind of exploring things, and, and I'm still in that place, but... I've really gotten into more of like the metaphysical, um, you know, some of the Eastern type of stuff that uh, that we talked about before. And so I kind of wanted to uh, dig inside your mind a little bit and, and get some insight from you about some of that. Does that sound all right? Yeah, sure thing. Yeah. Man, I've been checking out your podcast too, dude. You, you're just killing it, man. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> I enjoy it. It's fun. Oh man, it it is so good, and um, I uh, yeah, I've just been picking it up every week. And man, you got a you got a wide variety of people that you bring on there. Yeah, it's pretty eclectic. That's part of it, you know, giving you a little bit of uh, everything, and you know, introducing the, the listeners to something they've never heard. You know, on both sides, it's been really neat. Yeah, so you know, part of that, I. Um, you know, I came from a, an extremely fundamentalist type background, and um, so a lot of this stuff is is still really new to me. And you and we both kind of had, I think, a little bit of a Pentecostal charismatic uh, mm-hmm. background, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, how did you begin to open up to some of these new ideas? I guess. Um, like I said, you know, on the last last time we spoke, you know, just you know, really uh, getting into some of the books that were taken out of the Bible um, and that just kind of, uh, you know, kind of reframing what spirituality in the spirit realm looked like of this type of spiritual warfare and there's angels and entities that are interacting around us and uh, they interact with us and and they exist and, uh, you know, what, you know, what role we play in that universe multiverse whatever you want to call it so it just opens up for a lot more questions and essentially the beauty of it comes down to like a child you know asking the questions you know sometimes we kind of get you know get annoyed out of our children or whatever and they're asking these questions and they're like you know how does this work you know and you got to explain to them well how does that work okay okay why 
Okay, you tell them why, then they say why again. They keep asking why, 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 and this is like this ever-evolving question, but really that's how we are with God. You know, we want to know how things work, we want to know how things operate, and he tells us one thing, and, you know, well, why does the Bible say that? Why does these other people believe this or whatever? So you just keep asking those questions out of a childlike sincerity, and uh, and if you ask the questions, you'll get the answers. Jesus said if that if you those who seek, you know, the the... You know, it's going to be revealed to them and those who knock the door will be open for them and if you're not asking those questions you'll never get the answers and one thing about coming from the orthodox Christian background is they discourage uh, certain questions they discourage certain conversation you know and things like that so um, having that stuff you kind of have to maybe go outside of the church or outside of agreed upon doctrines or whatever just to have your faith stretched a little bit and uh and god is so much further outside of you know the confines of organized religion it just opens up to a whole new world that we talk we were told that god is just in this box and you have to seek him this way and interact with him this way then you find out that the god isn't in the box he is the box and then you go further behind beyond that god isn't the box he's the table that the box is sitting on and then he's the house that the table is in and then he's the earth that the uh house is sitting on you know and so god is all so there's no there's no place that you can go dwell or study that is not of god like god owns only this portion and then the devil owns that portion and um like the, you know we're going into the enemy's territory you know, and that's what tr the mandate true seeker has is to go into the devil's territory. The devil has no territory. Right. Everywhere that we, everywhere that we place our feet, we claim that ground for the kingdom, the kingdom of light. Like Mufasa said, everything the light touches is our kingdom. The devil doesn't own anything. There is no, you know, good. It's, it's, uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so, us as sons and daughters of God, man, there's so much more that the early church was privy to that's you know they their basic understanding of the scriptures and of just life and spirituality that we're just we don't need nothing new we don't need no uh awakening and getting into all this new stuff we need to, we need to return to the ancient path and understand what they had so we need a revival and if you seek after it it's it, it going to be revealed to you it's open to you and it's for every person out there yeah, that's interesting, man, because I, I, the more you start to kind of expand and, uh, I guess, even uh, read and study and look at things, you realize that so much of what we call orthodox today um, it is really probably not really orthodox, you know? And, and we were closed off from so much because the church became really a, a political engine, and so a lot of the beliefs generated were for political and, and control yeah. reasons. And so you start to realize that there was a lot more diversity and a lot more spirituality, for sure, in the early church and even all the way up until probably Constantine. And then there's been pockets of it sprinkled throughout the history. But so would you agree with that, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. For sure, yeah, and that's why you see, like, just a lot of churches now, they say there's a separation of church and state, and, you know, we don't we don't get into politics, but then they allow the senators to come come speak right before it's time to vote and stuff like that, and they'll, you know, kind of 
kind of uh, tailor their message to uh, be a little bit more Christian than they normally would and use God and those kind of terms to win over the church people for the votes. But that's definitely something that's that's going on in, in the church realm. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and there's, there's a couple of them, but um, I'm trying to, I guess... It, broaden the, the the minds of some of the listeners and and so some of the things that have been coming up frequently for instance are and i'm going to use some new age terms um and and we can correct those if we need to but one of the things that i'd like to talk to you about which i know that you're into are angel guides so can you can you tap on that just for a moment yeah so i, I mean i'm not an expert on it i'm still learning as well um there's some things that I, I know there's there's some things that I'm finding out but um as far as my experiences with with angels it has you know mainly been with what we would call in the Bible the Elohim the L the you know the watchers there's different rankings of angels it's all throughout the scriptures um, and, and they do different things they're over seasons they they bring in the tide of the ocean there's all types of things that a lot of this information is in the books that were once mentioned of in the bible or quoted but it's been taken out so we're not privy really to that information anymore but the more studying we that we do we find out that it's in there um and a lot of this stuff starts to make sense. A lot of the pieces of the puzzle seems to come together. But my, my interaction with angels, for the most part, has been through through stargazing and, and you know, being under the night sky and, and deep prayer with the Lord through fasting and um, into and the wee hours of the morning. I'm talking, uh, you know, three and four in the morning, uh, stargazing uh, by myself. And I would see the heavens open up and see these distant travelers traveling back and forth from heaven to earth like the Bible talks about. And God allowed me to see a lot of different interaction between the stars and the angels and constellations. And it, that's when like my awakening got like things got real when I started seeing all of this stuff. Then I started seeing them during the day. I would go out in, in, in an open sky and I would ask the Father to show me the angelic messengers if they're of him if they have our greatest good in, in mind to allow me to see them and I begin to see them during the day as well and uh, the interaction that, that comes through that so uh, it was just this really this understanding to know that it's real like it's not just like heaven is somewhere you go when you die that no heaven exists somewhere out there beyond the clouds past the stars you know that there's a dwelling place of the most high god and that just like the scriptures say that these angels travel back and forth they carry prayers to heaven uh they uh, you know they, they come as spirits of what we would call vibrational thought patterns to um influence mankind to bring about uh, destruction on the earth, wars, famine, and these are angels that bring this stuff with them. And the scripture's full of it. So, you know, I've been privy to see that stuff because I, I've given myself over to it. And I, and I don't think I'm privy because I'm special. I think I'm privy just because I sought it out. And I had I asked the Father and I petitioned him. So I was able to see that. I think anybody can if they're, as long as they'll, you know, devote enough time and devotion. And that's the, one of the desires of their heart out of, uh, you know, just just out of, out of walking out of purity so i don't think that I'm, I'm you know a special messenger or whatever which i do but you get the point yeah um so as far as you know everything comes through god 
as far as contacting angels or something like that, I, I don't uh, go out and, 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 and demand angels to show up. I, I, everything goes through the Father. You know, I'm asking God if it's his will, if they're out there, allow me to see him. He's the one that's going to show me. Uh, if they have a message, you know, the, 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 even the word angel means you know, messenger. That's what the word means. Paul was even called an, an angel in, in the New Testament just because he was a messenger of God. So um, that's what they do. They carry vibrations, messages for people, for people groups, for kings, all throughout the scriptures. And uh, yeah, it's a God ordained thing. And I've, I've had some interactions with uh, with with these beings, uh, like I said, in the night sky, and then through deep prayer meditation, I, I can feel them around me at times and. And, and see things in the spirit but uh, as far as the extent of um my interaction that's that's pretty much it it's just knowing it makes it more real that you know that that this is going on and uh versus that it's some other you know the bible is lore or the bible is um the heaven is a, a place that's just another dimension you go when you die and know it's literally out there that watching over us and they've been there the whole time we, we've just been so uh preoccupied and consumed with the things of the world that all we had to do was look up and we could have seen these these beautiful beings that are traveling the skies you know it's really interesting yeah and i think you know you like you say you you, you see that in scripture quite a lot where um you know god will open up the eyes of a of a prophet or or somebody and they begin to see these really they're surrounded by you know heavenly hosts and and angelic beings and all those kinds of things so it's not outside of scripture to to uh, believe that that occurs but i think what happens is a lot of times people close themselves they, they close they, they close themselves off to anything supernatural because they have this fear mentality that uh, they're going to encounter, you know, something wicked, or you know what I'm saying? They they have they have a fear. So so much of Christianity is fear based, you know, as we know it today. But it yeah. sounds like to me that you kind of explore, um, knowing that uh, God goes before you. Yeah, the steps of the righteous are ordered <coughs> by the Lord. I believe that. I don't, you know, that's that's a truth for me. Mm -hmm. That if you know that God is. You know, ordaining my steps in my path and everything that I've encountered, everything that I come in contact with, whether good or bad or how, you know, uncomfortable it is, it's ordered by the Lord to teach me something, to impart something to me. And, and that's once I started believing that things began to open up more and it was I was never a victim anymore. It was God showing me something and it's not woe is me or whatever the case is. So um, understanding that. But. You know, when you get out there into some of this stuff, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? The New Age has a lot of this stuff down, and they'll teach you how to do it and all that kind of stuff. So you got to be careful um, because, you know, maybe it is scary. Maybe, you know, you would hear Christian uh, leaders say that, okay, that, you know, the devil appears as an angel of light. And that is, so the devil is appearing to this young man, truth seeker, whatever the case is, you know. Um, but in... in at the same time, understanding the scriptures, the, the, the Bible tells you that um, if you ask your father for a loaf of bread, he's not going to bring you a stone. And if you ask your father for a fish, he's not going to give you a serpent. So if you, in childlike faith, as we're supposed to dwell and approach the kingdom of God, ask your father to show you anything, whatever your heart's desire. I mean, everybody's you know level of faith is different um and and that's what you want you ask the father 
he's he's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to trick you and let you get demon possessed or send demons out there to possess you because you asked the wrong question or you tried to meditate and seek him in a, in a higher realm of, of intimacy, you know, and there's so many um, examples of, of how that works with the fear, fear based thing that they're, they're scared. They're scared of God. They're scared to ask God. They have no relationship, but it comes from, from trusting God. And he's man, uh, Jeremiah 33, three says, uh, if you call unto me, pray unto me, I'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know and cannot find out. And eye is not seen, ear is not heard, the, the beautiful things that the Lord has for those who love him. And it says, no, eye is not seen. No, I believe God has things he's not shown anyone. That if you will um, draw, set your time away and you'll draw away and seek the Father in spirit and in truth and in intimacy, that he's got things he's not showing anyone that he's willing to whisper in your ear. I really believe that, and um, because I believe it, I've received it. You know, and, and, and the, the realms and dimensions of God and the angelic and reality have opened up in such a way that has blown my mind, and God has, you know, done exceedingly and, you know, greater than I could ever fathom and he's still doing it daily and it's beautiful and that's the this is christianity this is the you know what i'm saying the call of, of god for us to walk as he walked and i believe that jesus and the prophets and disciples they understood this mm. yeah it's funny um and i'm i'm just now kind of well i came from a pentecostal background but uh you know just the the kind of the idea that christianity in so many ways is um, it, it's so theologically based with apologetics yeah. and all this stuff that we yeah. forget about the you know it should be really the most metaphysical religion for lack of a, of a better word it, in it the is. world it is yeah it is and we, we, we we've, we've essentially given up our birthright to for, for doctrine for trading it upon doctrine like my uh, um, Introductory to, to introduction to Christ was through a, a spiritual encounter. Uh, I, I confessed Jesus as Lord of my life and um, asked Him to cleanse me of my sins, and I encountered Him. He sent the fire of the Holy Spirit, baptized me with fire instantly, changed my life, clean, clean, cleaned me out, and it was built upon encountering God. And so um, that was back in 1998 and it's been with me ever since. And that's the foundation. My foundation hasn't been a doctrine or a belief system. Doctrines change the scripture, the things I used to believe about the Bible. I don't believe anymore. I was a child. I didn't have a frame of reference. I didn't know what it meant. I knew what it meant to me when I was there, when I read it as a, a baby Christian, as a new believer. What that meant to me meant the world. But now that I have some understanding and I can reference the Bible and other texts and know a little bit deeper about uh, dissecting Scripture, I understand that it doesn't mean what I thought it meant back in the day, 10, 20 years ago, right? right. And there's a lot of people like that. So there's people who... Uh, their walk with Christ, their foundation is a doctrine, a doctrine or a belief system or a faith. I can talk you out of a faith. I can talk you out of a belief system. It, it, a lot of people can, but nobody can talk talk you out of what you know is to know the God, uh, to know God, to know the Father through having these encounters with Him. Nobody can talk you out of that. 
That's that's knowing God. And so I believe that that's what the gospel really should be is having an encounter with Jesus. When Jesus encountered you, like your life was changed. But we've 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 kind of given that up to this this model. Like you're saying, it's really like, you know, what I'm saying theological base. So you have to prove it and show it in scripture and dissect it and 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 speak louder and speak more. You know, what I'm saying eloquent than the next person and convince people to believe your story and your message. And that's people's foundation is somebody else's encounter. I think that's crazy. That, you know, people are beckoning others to come and partake of God because of their encounter that they had 20 years ago when God is wanting to encounter all of us today. And so I I really believe in that. And I I believe in that model. I believe that's what Jesus did. You know, I don't think that it was like, hey, do you believe this, this and this and this? Okay, you're saved. It's like, look, you're saved regardless. I love you. In your sin, I love you. You know, regardless of, of, of what you've heard, and uh, and and let me represent Christ to you. Let me re- represent or represent who Jesus really is, and I really do believe that's about encounter. Yeah, dude, that's that's huge. I, uh, you know, I heard uh, a guy named Father Richard Rohr talking about that. Um, you know, we've been taught all these years that uh, you know you're you can't trust your experience you you know you can't yeah. trust your encounters and emotions lie emotions yeah emotions lie, lie. Emotions change yeah and uh, he said you know that that's crazy to shut that part of yourself off it's a part that God created so that you could encounter him and we shut all that down and we have become just this in the West anyway this incredibly entirely liturgical apologetic theologically based and nobody except the new age people you know are seeing angels and 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 being in contact in a in a very spiritual way and it's funny because if you look through the bible look at like someone like simon the sorcerer right um this guy had an encounter that propelled him to want more and you see that all through Scripture. So many of these people have an encounter well before they ever engage in any kind of theology. And so it's a shame that we've lost so much of that. Yeah, I will tell you what's interesting, though, man. And are you, you're going to be hearing a couple of these people on my podcast. I've done a, with a couple, and it's really kind of blowing my mind. Um, is the fact that um, there's a, there, there is a, a fringe Christian movement that's emerging who are into these things and it's so weird because like i had to kind of go outside of the church and outside of christianity because who can i talk to in the church about the importance of the orion stargate and the horsehead nebula where all creation comes from and angels ascending and descending through these constellations at certain times of the year like who can i talk to about that i totally had to go to ufology i had to go to the new age movements and circles to, to even have this conversation right but at the same time there's you know a movement that's emerging in the church where this conversation's becoming uh um it, it people are having these conversations in church and there's a fringe movement of people who are uh seeking god through deep levels of meditation going on what we would what we would call astral travel they don't like that term i've, I've noticed but they they'll have these outer body experiences with god and with christ and angels and all of these things and so this is something that's emerging that has kind of come back into my life within the last couple months and it's really blowing my mind because a lot, even these people are starting to engage me and wanting me to wanting to have me on their shows and wanting to interview me and what God has kind of separated me and taught me through this other journey, right? And it's all 
back through scripture and scripture based. I just didn't learn it from no man, right? I had to separate myself. But there's a lot of people um, who are who are open to this now in the church, and it's really interesting that you can kind of um, talk about this stuff with, with these people now, and it's it's growing because people are. It's catching on. Like, it's an awakening. It wasn't just me. It's not just you. These people who are asking the bigger questions or people who are dissatisfied with the status quo. You know, you've had this encounter. You've based your life upon this encounter with God, but you were sold uh, a, a false alternative, which was dead religion, empty religion for the sake of religion. And uh, that's not going to cut it. So there's a lot of people who are waking up to that. And as we're vocal about our encounters, as we're vocal about our experiences and our distaste, and our disdain for the church and what it's become and the lies and stuff like that as we're more vocal about it and the internet's here that we can you know start podcasts and do blogs and interviews and things like that other people are waking up too because they feel the same way but they don't have nobody articulating the way that they feel and so that's what that's what i believe why anybody even listens to my podcast or whatever they 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 hear their story in mine and it's not that i have some deep revelation or i've encountered angels or whatever the case is i don't think that even has anything to do with it it's just about people can hear my story and they're like you know what i've been through the same thing and finally we have somebody who's speaking for us and it's not just me it's a whole bunch of other people that i'm finding and it's really interesting to kind of be welcomed back into some of those circles it's a little bit scary too I'll tell you that. It's scary because my mind's like, yeah, be careful. You know how those church folks are. You know, they're just going to, you know, use you and throw you away like they did last time. So you have to kind of get over that fear and, you know, trust and trusting people and stuff like that. But it's very interesting that even in the church realm, there's a lot of people embracing this movement. Yeah, there is, man. And there's a there's a whole big thing kind of going really like with the Christo-Pagan communities. And I mean, there's a lot of people that are branching out and 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 finding paths that are Christ centric and um and and they're they're leaving behind some of that dead religion. Now something that you talked about a few minutes ago that I really want to hit on because I'm kind of diving into this now uh or have been the past couple of months is kind of like transcendental prayer or meditation and uh this thing that that uh and I don't know a better word than astral uh uh, projection yeah. or travel so w- what is your experience with that um it's, it's my experience is um not as grandiose as i make it sound in my music i'll say that um <laughs> it's really no it's really uh it's hard it's hard to really make sense of um uh, of what happens when you when you enter those realms of deep meditation there's a lot of uh insight that comes um, a lot of the information there is it seems to be slippery like as you ascend as you go go within through through meditation and through prayer and and enter the, the heavenly courts um it's not as vivid as you would think like a movie or something so sometimes it's just a, an inner knowing that you receive or a life review or whatever a lot of the information's moving now there's a bunch of uh explanations for this and the new age maybe we would call that the akashic records that you're you're accessing the akashic records sometimes it feels like you're communing with your higher self but i i just go in and i just i ask the father i just go in to really spend time with god and just ask whatever he has for me to let me encounter it and i'm just open to whatever it is um and through that i i really believe that you 
get what God has for you, whether it is an encounter. Like we've heard stories about people uh, encountering uh, the great cloud, cloud of witnesses mentioned of in the Bible. Like they're going in through prayer and meditation and, and, and meeting Elijah and Enoch and Moses and things like this and, and uh, different angelic beings. So uh, I really do believe in the trance state. It's it, it as well as all throughout the Bible, and it's kind of like the vehicle to uh, receive from the Father. You know, it talks it talks about how the disciples would fall into trances on the Lord's day. And I don't think that it's something that they were just walking about their day and they just fell into a trance. I really do believe that it's a something that they practiced. Again, Christianity. Uh, it was a spiritual practice from the East before it became a religion here in the West. So this is something that they do um, in in the West. And even, you know, I'm in the East and even talking about meeting with the uh, uh, teachers that came before us, that's something that's practiced in the, in the East as well. And Jesus did it, the Mount of Transfiguration, the first time we got to go up and see what Jesus was doing when he prayed or his clothing and his face and changed and he met with Moses and Elijah mm. um, and, and and I believe that that's what, what was happening with him every time he went to pray we just got to kind of see the, for the first time so in the east they believe that once your your uh, you know your 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 mentors ascended and went to the next uh, plane of existence that they still taught you and would be with you from beyond the grave and we look at Jesus, how he speaks to, you know, us when, when before he goes is, look, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Behold, I will be with you to, to the ends of the age and and how we could still call upon him. And there he is showing up right there anytime we need him. Right. It's Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so I believe Jesus was taught taught that way as well. And, and people are starting to have those type of encounters in prayer uh, and, and, and through meditation again talking about leaving your body astral travel these type of out of body experiences uh sounds taboo they're, they're definitely new age terms simply because the bible doesn't use those terms but the bible does talk about being caught up in the spirit the bible does talk about um how the apostle paul left his body and he went into the third heaven and he said the experience was so real that he didn't know if his whole body was translated, like if he went there and took his whole body or just his spirit left his body and went there. So Paul was having these encounters. There's a bunch of different, I mean, the Bible is littered with God encountering us in the dream state. And I mean, full of it, 100%. Like it's probably the, the, uh, the best way that God gets your attention is when you put your head on your pillow in, in the dream state. And so essentially the trance state is you activating what we would call REM sleep or the dream state uh, during the day when you would normally be up. And it's beautiful as far as spending time with God because you have to make time for it. It's something that you consciously do. You have other things to do. You can uh, you have an agenda. You have a to-do list. We're all busy people here. But we say, you know what, I'm going to put that aside just for a few minutes i'm gonna spend some time with god and i'm gonna gonna commune with him and, and father show me what you want and just be open to do that there's breath work that's involved there's guided meditation there's tones there's lights that you can put on there's so much that that we have access to now that really facilitates the trance state and helps us to enter into that realm um a lot quicker you know christians in church do it every sunday by listening to their favorite worship music and, uh, you know, I'm saying the, the different rhythmic vibes that they're listening to and chanting these songs over and over and just really in a state where you feel like you've lost yourself for 45 minutes. And it only felt like it was, you know, 
it, it felt like an, it, it felt like an eternity that you were there. Suddenly, you close your eyes. There's no one else around you. Nobody exists. Their opinions, their thoughts don't matter. It's just you and God, and then and you're you're worshiping for an audience of one, and it's going back to the intimacy of that through the dream state, through meditation, and through prayer. Um, other people have stories of astral travel where they can see their body outside of them. They leave their body. I've had some encounters like that, but it's uh, it, it's kind of a it's kind of hard. It's it's not as easy as a lot of people make it sound. A lot of times when you feel that sensation happening, you snap back to your body immediately. But there's a there's a lot of that stuff, and it's all throughout the scriptures, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think this is is fascinating. So. One of the things that you brought up, several things there that I that I think are really worth diving into. So one of the things that you brought up was um, the the teachers from the past um, making them making themselves present, or or even perhaps speaking uh, into your life. So is that something that you um, that you think is for the modern uh, believer? I do. I do not. Now, I haven't had any encounters myself with, um, you know, Enoch or Elijah or even, you know, ancestors, to my knowledge, as far as like visions or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some interesting levels that I get to um, in, in, in deep prayer, especially when it comes to spiritual warfare, when demonic entities and strongholds are involved. Like, I do have a... Um, you know, I pray in tongues, I speak in tongues, and I can do it at the drop of a hat. It's a prayer language that I have, um, and it's like a releasing of a vibration and intention that's kind of pushed forth forth by the syllables that you're saying. Um, I do experience that, but then there's a deeper level of that to where when we are getting into deliverance and stuff, that are, it's, it's a strange phenomenon. Maybe this is the true tongue. I don't know, but there's this ancient sound that arises out of me that sounds like a uh, old Native American. And so I do have uh, a Native American heritage. Um, you know, all of my grandparents are, are all on, like, you know what I'm saying, full-blooded Indian. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's very interesting to want to know what that is. And it would speak. It speaks with authority. It usually doesn't happen long. When it happens, it takes, it, it commands the atmosphere. Um demons or entities or strongholds that are hanging on to other people it like like this voice speaks through me and it says hey okay time to go you know we can pray a thousand words in english but when this when i feel it rise up i mean it only a couple couple words come out and it only lasts for for a minute but it's it, it shakes the atmosphere it's really strange um and I don't know exactly what that is. Is that the true tongue that the Bible talks about? And, I, and that's it. It finally comes. Is it my ancestors praying through me? Because it definitely sounds like an old Indian. Like it really does. Um, so as far as me to uh, writing this stuff down and be able to make doctrine out of it and explain what it is, I, I really don't know. So I, I, I'm not really sure about that. Um, but as far as beings appearing and seeing people or anything like that i've never had any of any of that i can say that through some of those deep levels of of prayer um and praying in the spirit speaking in tongues i've been i just felt intuitively led some years ago to start writing down some of the the syllables that i was saying and um as i wrote them down some of the stuff that was just kind of kind of just coming over and over repeating um 
I looked it up online and it started translating to stuff. It was another language. And um, and so I, and I, I was getting names and it almost sound, sounded like names of angels. And I would write, write them down. And um, so I've tried to um, ask the Father to send these angels if, the, if this is what's going on. I'm, I don't have nobody to teach me. This is all new ground. This is new territory. Yeah. So I'm asking the Father, Father to teach me. If there's, if there's an angel by that, that name watching over me that has my best interest, let me, uh, you know, let him show up. Let me meet him. And, um, but as I would do sessions with people, one-on-one sessions, I would I'd try it again. I would go into deep prayer and I'd start praying and, and these syllables would come out over and over and over. I would write it down and I would simply go to Google Translate and type it in, maybe change the spelling, maybe separate the words, and uh, and it would start spelling out stuff. And most of the time it was uh, stuff that was saying, we are for humanity, we are here for a new beginning, and it was all these new these these uh, encouraging words. And I would just release it in prayer. I would pray for the person. I would release a new beginning over them, and whatever the words that came through, I would articulate it in, in English, but I would write it down and give it to the person as maybe this is a name for an angel to call upon or a vibration or an aspect of God to call upon. And so some of the, the, the names and stuff that came through were really interesting. Again, um, I don't know. I don't, I haven't heard anybody talking about this. Most of the people in the church, they're, you know, they're, they're, they get excommunicated if you start talking uh, like this openly, you know, or write it down or sell it in a book or whatever. But it's, it's really you know, we're we're moving into uh, these realms that that is really the Bible says return to the ancient path. You guys have said if you're looking for rest, you want peace for your soul, return to the ancient path. And so that's what we're supposed to be doing. And I really do believe that this is an an indigenous spiritual warfare. There's an indigenous spirituality that looked more like. Um, you know, maybe forms of shamanism, maybe forms of voodoo in some circles, we would call it. Um, and, and, and so I think a lot of these different practices, Hinduism, the way that they pray, the way that they meditate upon the mountain and in the mountain, um, Jesus was seen doing that on, on many occasions, you know. So I feel like these other faves and these other practices kind of have a piece of what the truth is that they've held on since antiquity and the church even has a lot of that too again speaking in tongues going into trances during worship divine healing moving energy when they pray moving energy while they dance prophetically before the lord david danced nakedly before the lord you know and so there's all of this stuff that the church even um you know unknowingly they're really tapping into this ancient fire which is our birthright and we're returning back to that yeah yeah i i agree with that so the interesting thing, like with you, you were talking about Paul a few moments ago, going up to the third heaven, and um, we also, you know, look at the the book of Revelation. You know, that was all. I mean, yeah, the church wouldn't call it trans state, but but that's what it was. So when when Paul talks about this, it, I mean, give me your indication of what you think was happening to the apostle Paul, because he does say, you know, I don't know if I was in my body, I don't know if I was out of it. Uh, yeah. What's your take on that experience? Man, it just, it was real to him. And um, I've had, you know, like, and just to be honest, I've had, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I, we went out on a, on a men's retreat and we had a psilocybin mushroom encounter. And um, we sought God, listening to worship music. We went with a uh, intention 
doing research about psilocybin mushrooms and people having encounters with God, with encounters with angels, uh, you know, uh, being able to lay down um, uh, opiate addictions, heroin addiction, and uh, all these people are getting free and getting clean off of this stuff. I did a lot of study and, and, and research on it, and I felt like God was calling me to it had some other friends that I turned on to it, to the research, and then I had other friends who had already been um, using psilocybin uh, mushrooms. And um, so we, we planned this men's retreat. Now, I've done it on uh, a couple occasions, but this time it was really deep, and I really went to um, a plane of um, of existence, I believe, where we go when we die. Everything was energy. Um, we all went together. It was uh, a life-changing experience. It almost felt like we were on a roller coaster together, going in and out of these portals, uh, taken to eternity. I was on the Indian reservation, so there was a sense of reverence and the spirit communicating with me, letting me know that uh, where you are, this is where all of your ancestors have been. They've all done this. This is sacred ground and sacred land that you're on. And then it began to do a life review about who I am and about the information that I share freely in my music and really nonchalant and some of these holy things and really kind of kind of check me on it and make sure made sure that I that I was ready to go beyond the veil and um so uh it was a beautiful encounter when we got back it was it was life-changing and so reading and then when I when I go back and read that scripture how Paul went to the realms of heaven and he said he saw things that it's not permissible for men to speak of. Um, when you when you really transcend to some of these higher dimensions, it, there's it's it's hard. You can't articulate it. You want to, you want to, but but you can't because there's no way to put into words. How do you describe? beauty like how do you describe colors and shapes and and love and and you being able to feel that and 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 be a part of that so um when paul says that he experienced these things that he can't it's not permitted for men to speak of but he's trying i'm just trying to articulate but words words don't even help words do a disservice to try to uh explain that stuff so after after that encounter, you know, we came back and I read that scripture. It made so much more sense to like, man, I've been to realms where I would be sounding like a fool to tell you what I've seen, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a in, it's an impartation. It's an in, it's an inward knowing that everything's okay. Like when when you die, when you're going to a good place, this is where all souls pass through. I mean, it was just just within that night, it was so much that was imparted and. um it changed my life. So, um, not saying that Paul did psilocybin mushrooms, but there's different ways to um, uh, tap into these higher states of consciousness through yoga, through breathing, through breath work, through fasting and prayer. Like there's different realms of fasting that you that you get to where you can do that through prayer and, and yoga and Kundalini yoga. I mean, the, the Native Americans would pick up big handfuls of ants and eat them, and the ants would bite you know their insides and release a toxin and it would put their body in this this state of panic and it would go into a trance-like state and it's just different ways that people would do that and, and it's been lost here in the west we don't this was something common like this was a rite of passage that all the young men had to go through to see if you were a man or, or not what we have here in the west is pretty much college you go to college and you become a man and you get hazed and you go through all that kind of stuff. That's kind of like a mockery or a slap in the face to our ancestors. So 
again, um, I don't know if that's what Paul encountered. I, I, I wouldn't think that it was, but it, it made that scripture make more sense. And I do know what he's talking about, about being to these realms where it's even hard to describe what you're encountering. Yeah. <clears throat> In any event, I mean, he'd lost, he had lost touch with, with the physical, you know, he was, he was oh, yeah. in purely a spiritual state. So it, it, can you explain to me just a little bit about the practice of like what you do for transcendental type meditation or, or transcendental prayer, whatever, it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Again, it's just going, going in with an intention to really meet with God. I don't like, I, I'm expecting something beautiful, right? My expectation brings about my manifestation. It's kind of like the fuel um, to the vehicle. Um, so there's, there's so, there's so much that you can experience once you tap in. And I really do think that that's personal between you and God of what, what you encounter. But for what I would do again, you know, there's, there's, there's so much you can do, but maybe something, um, real easy, maybe put on, um, um, some, some, um, uh, worship music at first, listen to some worship, then have it. If you can set a playlist, change it to some tones or different tones and frequencies that align the vibration of your body up to a more higher state of consciousness, listening to these different frequencies and tones and resonances, maybe have some of that kick in. Um, but, uh, light some incense, even, you know, it, we, and all this is in, in the scriptures, right? There's different, you know what I'm saying? Uh, science about all about the incense and the priests adorning themselves before they would go in they would even have crystals and stuff like that around them so you don't need all of that but it definitely helps so i would do that and uh maybe you know just get into the worship music just to tell the father how good he is uh the scripture says to enter his courts with thanksgiving enter his gates with praise i i literally do that um every time that we get in to the presence of god i just begin to thank him for everything in my life i, I start with the breath I start with my heartbeat just kind of move out to the, the, the things my family my friends uh you know the ability to 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 do what i do for a living uh and just i just start thinking about things that i'm thankful for in this experience and and then, so you approach it with the attitude of gratitude just enter into his presence with that tell him how good he is and he's listening he shows up his presence comes um so there's that and then putting on the, the tones uh and then start kind of any thoughts that try to keep coming to you about the day i try to push all the thoughts out the way again you're trying to meditate spend time with god but you're thinking about video games at least i do <laughs> gotta push that out the way uh trying to meditate and then you're thinking about how does a washing machine work that's kind of interesting you know like, hold on what the heck <laughs> Let me push that out the way. Right. Let me push those thoughts out the way. And I really just focus on the the blackness in front of me. Mm. Right? When you close your eyes, it's it's dark. I try to push every image, every thought out of the way. And I keep focusing on that. For me, eventually, a white light appears. And uh, as I get into the deep state, I, I see a white light. It appears and it starts moving around. And it starts going around. And it's almost like... It's almost like a pendulum going back and forth, almost taking me deeper into the trance. Whether this is the light of Christ within or the Holy Spirit, I don't know. But I, but it's it's a peaceful experience, and it it lulls me in, and I kind of try to focus on it because it, it moves like in your with your inner eye being able to see it. So I try to focus on that. And once you're focusing on that, most of those other thoughts don't really come in to pull you out of that and so you just go in the trance and just ask the father to reveal himself to you and so from that point 
there could be a lot of stuff. A lot of it's an inner, an inner knowing. And really to, to go to the deeper levels with God, you really got to take care of what he's already uh, revealed to you in your life, whether it's relationships, whether it's walking in forgiveness. You may get pulled out immediately and say, you know what, I got to call my mom and make amends. I can't go any further until I do that. And you got to do it. And so it's about getting that revelation about yourself, about what do I need to go further what do I need to do to walk in holiness? And as long as you're walking in forgiveness, essentially you got to walk like Jesus walked, walking in forgiveness, taking nothing personal, then just going deeper so that none of that stuff becomes a stumbling block or holds you back. So um, wanting to, to be on the cutting edge of what God has for you, you have to make sure that you make amends with everything and everyone in your life. And so that's just how I started. I mean, I may do breath work as well. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's different breath work breathing techniques that I do um, and that as well helps the body get into more of a a relaxed state but then a higher state of consciousness by doing different breathing techniques Um, we when I do that with a group I'll quote scriptures about the breath and about you know let the Bible says let everything that has breath praise the Lord and praising the God who gives the you know the breath of life and understanding the power you know the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the breath it's the pneuma is the ruach which is the breath of God and so understanding that when I breathe, I'm, I'm, I'm partaking of, of who he is, and I'm conscious that when I breathe, I can feel his presence just through the breath. If I'm in a place of confusion, a place of dysphoria, you know, scientists have said, look, if we just take a deep breath, stop, take a deep breath, and, and you'll be able to, uh, you know, calm yourself down even in a state of confusion. But knowing that, but breathing consciously, conscious connected breathing of knowing that the breath is healing you knowing that uh it it knows where it needs to go throughout the body and envisioning it as you breathe in come in and cleanse you out pushing out all negativity so those are some practices that i would do and uh to to facilitate facilitate the trans state and really have a beautiful encounter with god and whatever he has for me um i don't say okay i want to travel uh you know i want to I want to go to outer space, or I want to do this. Some people do that. I really say, all right, Father, what do you have for me? So he can show me the deep things, whether it's stuff I have to get out the way, or if he wants to, you know, send an angel or whatever. I've I've been in those states of meditation and prayer, and I've felt beings come up to me in the spirit, and it scares me. I open my eyes to make sure nothing's standing in front of me. <laughs> you no, know, it's really interesting. Like, you know, you have to get used to that stuff, you know, and I've been pulled out of the trans state on many occasions because of the information that was coming through kind of shocked me, you know. But uh, it's a beautiful experience, and it's part of communing with the Father. The Bible refers to it as the secret place, uh, David hiding in the cave from his enemies drawn unto God. I mean, under the shadow of the Almighty. That's This is what it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. I, you know, it's interesting because those, some of those ideas cross into so many different, you know, I, one of the things that came to mind was like prana, you know, the, the, the breathing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah it, it, other, I guess, facets have, have adopted those things and they're present all through scripture. Uh, so sometimes you find, like, when you talk about forgiveness, you know, a lot of times we think forgiving somebody, means that, you know, I don't know, they just make it into this big thing where if you kind of forgive, I don't know how much you've read out of, like, Buddhism, but it's it's more like releasing, you know? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Your yeah, forgiveness yeah, yeah. can be like releasing, uh, letting someone go from the what you feel they're obligated to. 
and it does it does change your availability i think to the to the spirit realm yeah no it's 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 very powerful and um it, it's needed you know and there's different yeah, you you have to deal with that stuff cuz 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 at the same time spirituality like this is all practical as well if it doesn't make you a better friend if it doesn't make you a better person to to be around a better employee like then it's in vain you know mainly p hall says that if the state of your uh, animal's life isn't any better. If dad still kicks the dog um, on his way out of the door, then his philosophy and spirituality is really of no use to him. It's really just vain imaginations that he's entertaining within his head. But it, it should be practical, and it should be evident in every every area of your life. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is, is a lot of those Eastern ideas, and I'm talking about things present within uh, Christianity or, or uh, Judaism, and then other eastern uh hindu and things like that you know purity of heart and purity of your morality in in a lot of those cultures is almost used uh as a magical technique you know what i mean oh yeah yeah man when i got into um you know looking into some of the stuff from the kabbalah and i'm definitely not an expert on you know what i'm saying the kabbalah but it really reminded me of um the inner sanctification process that god is doing in the hearts and minds of every believer you know the hammering process and so like the kabbalah really uh kind of the the different steps and modalities and modules and the angels that you have to encounter like it really kind of took the story of the sanctification process and made it into something that was kind of like interactive that you can see what god was doing in your heart and these different journeys that we go through so it's really interesting that this the inner working that god is doing in our hearts and minds yeah, I think it is too, man, because one of the things that, because I think we're so theologically based, uh, I think a lot of times we think, uh, when we think of morality, um, we think that it's just these rules that God has uh, because, you know, he's a prude or whatever. But the reality is, if, in other practices, uh, purity is actually power. And... Um, so I, I do think there's something connected to that. Not only, you know, I, I know that God knows what's best for our human bodies because he made them. But I, I think that purity of heart and purity of mind and all that, I think that bleeds over into actual spiritual power. I mean, I, I really believe that. And I think other um, spiritual practices, many of them hold that as a like a magical power or spiritual power or pathway as well. Yeah. I mean, whether it's um, whether it's like physical. I mean, if we got into the physical, or it's spiritual. It's in the mind. It's definitely it's the battlefield of the mind and how much you believe it and how much distractions that you have and all of these different techniques and practices allow you not to have any distractions so that you won't be double minded. You'll be single minded in what you what you're doing this isn't something that is you know christianity only on sundays and wednesdays or whatever the case is right it's something that you live and breathe and so you know the more you're 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 reading this material the more you're doing the inner work it's something that you live so let me ask you uh this as well to to access or, or or to be more powerful I mean, one of the things you have to do, or, or, well, I guess I'm asking, but don't you think that um, separating yourself from 
the world and and by the world i mean this the system of it you know the the wanting to be i don't know famous or known wanting to be wealthy wanting to be don't you think that some of those things if you're going to really dive into the spirit that some of those ambitions have to subside a bit oh yeah yeah definitely that's usually the first thing god deals with yeah true (laughs) okay why why are you doing this why do you want to see angels what, are you trying to contact angels to, to get power and renown in the earth? I mean, there's people who do that, right? There's people who send forth angels to go get jobs and to hurt people and all kinds of, of weird stuff. So when it comes to your spirituality or just your, your life's ambition, God checks it. And he usually makes you sacrifice it. Just like it's a picture in the Old Testament where um, Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, his prized possession, his son, who was a part of him. And um, so he tells him, look, this son of yours, you got to kill him. You got to kill him for me. Who you love more, me or your son? And this is a picture. People look at that as like it's something like God. I remember my daughter reading that as a kid. She, she, they would shed a worry. Like, okay, <laughs> if, if God if God tells y'all to sacrifice, kill me, would y'all do it? And she really, as a kid, I was asking us, now, hold on, we've missed it. Christianity, we've missed it. We've missed it, guys. To understand, you know, the symbolism there that you have to sac- sacrifice the things that are near and dear to your heart. Um, is it people? If you exalt those people above the Father, yes. You know, if he's not first, he wants to be first before everything in your life. And it's not to sacrifice it, to kill it, to, to throw it away, to never return to it. He just wants to, to show you, just like he showed Abraham in the story, that, look, I want to purify it, give it back to you. I just want to make sure that you love me more than that thing. So when it comes to platforms, when it comes to identity and renown in the earth, you have to make sure that you're not seeking that, um, that if you seek after the Father, all of these things will be added unto you. Whoever it is, whatever it is, your circle, your sphere of influence is all dictated upon him. So you make sure that your hands are clean and your heart is pure. And out of that, that's where all of your spirituality and spiritual practice resides. I can't do it. I've made a, I've made a, a, a deal with myself. It doesn't, like, it doesn't even, um, it doesn't go together. Like, I'll stop. I'll quit. I'll, I'll like, start doing, a, I'll start talking about other stuff. Like, I don't mix the two. But so if I'm not 100% in it and, and it's not something that um, I'm, I'm willing to count the cost and pay the cost for, then I'm not going to do it out of obligation or learning, learning it or whatever the case is. I mean, and that's through religion as well. When you get into Christianity as a religion without the spirit of it, it's one of the most disgusting things on the face of the planet, right? But religion for the sake of religion, all of them, but the spiritual practice and the principles and things that are behind them, that if you give yourself over to them, they're all beautiful, or they can be. Beauty is in in the eye of the beholder. So I really believe that, and, and that's what it is for me. So, um mm. Yeah, it's it, you have to check your desires, your heart, your motive. And there's been many a day, and, and I, I can honestly say that it was some of the first things that God checks me on, still checks me on. You know, there's, there's levels to it, right? Um, but yeah, you have you have to you have to give that stuff up, man. But it's not for God to take it away. He just wants to purify and give it back because there is renown, there is influence, and He wants to make sure that you are ready to handle it. You know, if I'm, I remember. You know, if, if God would have given me the platform that I have now, 
10 years ago, man, I would have self-sabotaged it and probably cussed everybody out who didn't agree with me and all kind of stuff, man, you know? So God has a way of putting us through this sanctification process for a reason to prune off those things that we're holding on to that we don't need. There's things that we're holding on to that we're not going to be able to go to the next levels and go deeper in, in our destiny and what God has for us until we lay those things down at the altar and in the picture, in the Old Testament, that was a picture of Abraham laying his son down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It, it's funny. It's, it's, it is really such a, an inner journey as opposed to what we've made it, you know. And there's different levels. And I, I forget who it was that said it now, but it, there was one of the prophets um, really in the more esoteric tradition who stated that the inner cosmology, you know, the inner universe is as vast as what we see outside of us or what we know exists outside of us. And so there's tons of exploration that we need to do just inside. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's critical. Yeah, I mean, that, it makes it more sense when the Bible says on earth as it is in heaven, as above, so below, right? Like, what it, and really, I mean, that just opens up a whole another can of worms of, of literally the heaven is, is within you and your body is a representation of the solar system and of heavens. I know that's a whole other thing to get into, but it really is an inner work. It really is God dealing with your conscience and dealing with your heart, you know, and he rewards accordingly you right. know, in this place when nobody's looking. We can all, you know, we, me and you, we have podcasts, we have influence and things like that. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, my kudos is to the people out there who I know who are, who are moving in the spirit, who don't have that and they don't seek it and they don't want it, but they're mighty men of God and they have character and, and they don't seek a platform or anything at all. So, you know, there's those people out there too. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So, um, before I let you go here, a couple of things. Did I see that you've got some some new music coming out? Yeah, I've um, put out, um, well, I put the pre-order out anyway for the new project. I have the uh, ESP EP, and um, it's kind of a, a concept album, three tracks, uh, three, three brand new tracks of uh, talking about um, um, extrasensory perception, which one is... Uh, Clara audience, Clara sentience, and then uh, Clara cognizance, I believe, um, talking about the spiritual giftings even in the Bible, right? How uh, Jesus Jesus would go into a crowd of people and he would know their thoughts, right? And so he would he would have these different um, impressions about what he, he should do around people. Uh, the disciples uh, operated in like manner as well. So we call that word of knowledge, word of wisdom in the Bible, um, being quickened in the spirit by hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, speaking about angels, bringing forth messages and, and, and speaking to us as well in the dream state. So I've kind of articulated that um, in, in the form of ESP, which because it, it goes into a lot you know, more detail when you um, uh, begin to um, research these other terms. The Bible doesn't use those terms, obviously, but it's really explaining some of the process of what Jesus and these guys have, have uh, you know, gone through with their spiritual giftings and abilities, being able to feel infirmities in your body, going, people talk about going to Walmart and just feeling overwhelmed or being able to read people's minds and stuff like that. Some of this weird far out there stuff that has been taboo, but it's been in the scriptures the whole time. So, uh, 
that this project is a couple new songs uh, exploring that and then a couple other tracks that were featured on other people's projects that um, kind of covered the same ground as well some of the different uh, interactions with angels and and uh, the, the hearing the voice of God speaking to us in the deep hours of the night yeah nice I was looking at that this morning and uh, <clears throat> I thought that looked pretty interesting now we talked last time the the easiest way really to find you is just just jumping on Google, right? Is that still that's still the case? I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, you tell people to you know, give you my Facebook, and there's people. Well, you know, I don't use Facebook, and I guess my Twitter. Well, I don't use just use Twitter. You type in Truthy Go on any Google, whatever platform you, you do use. Because all you know, all the young people use Instagram. They don't use Facebook. This is for us old folks. <laughs> the young people don't have uh, Facebook. So, you know, it is what it is, whatever, uh, you know. But you can go to my website, truthseeker.com. Everything's linked there. My, my podcast, the music, uh, everything that I bring to the table. We just started an online forum I have on my website now, which is pretty interesting. Kind of helps us to kind of go deeper in conversation with, with these topics and stuff. So it's really cool. Oh, that's very cool, man. So Truth Seeker is T-R-U-T-H-S-E. E K A H, and so yes. yeah, very easy to find. Yep, you can find me there. Yeah, man, really uh, appreciate you having me back on your show again, and we always get into some great conversation. It's so funny, man, because I have a lot of people who who really love my work, right? And they'll they'll listen to the podcast, but a lot of times they don't resonate with the guests. They don't want to. They're not really interested, but they're really interested in my work, so they'll fast forward it to the end where I kind of do my little 30 minutes or whatever of my my shows by myself. They'll listen to that or they'll seek out when I go on other people's shows because they want to hear me talk more. They want they don't really care about so-and-so psychic, so-and-so or whatever, you know? So it's really cool to kind of get out there and, and do other shows and stuff. And there's a lot of people who tune into that. So thanks for having me on. Oh, no, man. I, I, I'm so glad that you uh, that you agreed to come on. I, I, I really enjoyed it last time, obviously, this time as well. And I uh, I love men. You you explore so many things, and uh, I just think it's I, I love what you're doing, man. It, it's really yeah. awesome. Yeah, and so I always want to say, like, you know, knowledge for the sake of knowledge is um, vanity, right? It's vexation of spirit, as uh, Solomon said. But it's about just getting a game plan, man, and doing it. Just do the works. Do the work of the ministry. Uh, have that encounter. Tap in. There's so many people who are like, they're just looking for the truth and they just want to get the right. They want to make sure they don't do it wrong. They want to make sure they have the right, the correct doctrine, you know. And I've been a part of those circles. And there's a purity in that. But it comes a time where you just got to do it, man. You just got to start putting into practice your spirituality, your faith, and get out of the books and really just make it practical because you become the book. You are the book. The book is telling your story. You're reading about all these encounters with these other people, and God is wanting to encounter you today. And that's what it's about, man, just really tapping in for yourself. Dude, that is that is profound. That is worth listening to the whole podcast right there. Shoot. I know the, I know the struggle, man. <laughs> <laughs> you is... want to make sure you have it right. You want to make, I mean, all of it. And it's, But see, once you feel like you have it right, and the more that you study and the more that you read, you got it down and you're ready to practice it because now that you have it down, you find out. Like, you, you listen to one podcast or see one interview, and it really undoes you know, years of what you've been studying and, and learning. You yeah. know, 
for, because some because of, of knowledge. Again, people can talk you out of knowledge. They can talk you out of doctrine. They can't talk you out of what you know. And it's really about knowing God in the Spirit and in truth. So that's very good, man. Very good, dude. Man, thanks so much for coming on. I, I, I appreciate it so much. I really do. Anytime, man. You know, I love it. So just let me know. All right. Well, hang on for a minute, man. I'm going to close this out and talk to you afterwards, okay? So All stick right. around for a second. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I will catch you on the other side of the music. Hey guys. All right, man. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on the podcast today. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it's also going to be in the liner notes, but just to be sure, the best way to make a connection with TrueSeeka is to go to his website. Man, this dude's website is phenomenal. He's just, he's got it, right? It is, uh, yeah, there's a ton of stuff on there. All of his podcasts are on there, and he's done episodes on just about every subject under the sun. There's teachings on there. There's all kinds of stuff. I encourage you to at least go check it out, and it's easy to find. It's just truthseeka.com. So that's T-R-U-T-H-S-E-E-K-A-H.com. And so, yeah, I always love having him on the podcast, man. And, and anytime I've had any conversations with him, he's, uh, he dives deep. And, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I like where he's at on a, on a lot of different things. So, anyway, check him out. And, again, guys, look, please share this on your stuff. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you don't follow the Black Sheep Experience on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, go find, uh, go find us and, and, and follow I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> All right, man. So that's it, guys. Thanks again for hanging out. Um, and I will check you out next week. See you, man. Done. <laughs>